0: Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 8 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, October 27, 2021. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly met last night, it approved funding for a trash compactor that will compress Sitka's solid waste into bales in an effort to reduce the risk of garbage fires at sea. Alaska Marine Lines announced last year it would no longer allow solid waste shipment in open-top containers. The city contracts out its garbage shipment with Republic Services. The city and the National Waste Disposal Company have been negotiating who will foot the additional compacting cost for the last year. If it gets a final thumbs up from the assembly, the compactor will cost around $3 million, mostly funded with a loan from the Southeast Economic Development Fund. The Assembly approved the measure 4-2 on first reading, with Assembly members Kevin Knox and Mayor Stephen Eisenbeis opposed. It will come before the Assembly on second reading at the next regular meeting. We'll have more on this decision and other news from the Sitka Assembly meeting on Raven News tonight at 518. The Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee has gone on record urging the federal government to cap the excessive bycatch of halibut, salmon, and other valuable species by the Bering Sea trawl fisheries, which primarily target pollock. The group penned a letter as part of its increased work schedule as the December deadline to make recommendations for state-managed fisheries also looms large. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports.
1: Bycatch is one of those terms that puts people to sleep who aren't involved in the state's commercial fishing industry, but halibut can grab headlines in the state, especially as over 3 million pounds of mostly juvenile fish have been killed in trawl nets in the Bering Sea, and that's just as of early September of this year. The National Marine Fisheries Service, which manages harvests in the federal waters offshore of Alaska, is considering several options for reducing bycatch, the most favored of which is a so-called hard cap based on the abundance of halibut. Advisory Committee member Eric Jordan offered a very broad motion to address the issue.
2: I move that the Sitka Advisory Committee comment to the North Pacific Fisheries Management Council that we favor reducing halibut bycatch as much as possible, as soon as possible. Additionally, we feel bycatch of other species such as salmon and shellfish need to be reduced as much as possible, as soon as possible.
1: The problem is not limited to halibut, but to other species as well. Trawlers drag enormous nets along the ocean floor. It's an effective form of fishing, but also completely indiscriminate. Member Karen Johnson suggested specifying sablefish by name, also known locally as black cod, Advisory Committee Chair Heather Boucher wanted to emphasize salmon in the group's comment.
3: In 2019, there was an observed trawler, so they were already on better behavior because they were observed. In one pass of that net, they caught more king salmon as bycatch in that single pass of the net than the average trawler caught in southeast that, that season. So, like, the scale of this bycatch waste is... Is absurd, really.
1: The committee ultimately incorporated Jordan's motion into a letter urging NOAA Fisheries to select Alternative 4 of its draft environmental impact statement and to craft a bycatch plan based on abundance rather than the fishing schedules favored by deep-sea trawlers. The letter, signed by Bauscher, says, quote, It should not be up to the small boat fleet to carry the burden of the trawl fleet's inability to catch their target species without collateral damage, close quote. The Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee consists of 17 members, all of whom have a stake in the state's commercial, sport, and subsistence fisheries, as well as in sport and subsistence hunting. The committee will meet weekly between now and December 22nd to review over 100 regulatory proposals set to go before the next meeting of the Alaska Board of Fisheries beginning in January in Ketchikan. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey.
0: The next meeting of the Sitka Fish and Game Advisory Committee will be at 6 p.m. tonight via Zoom. The meeting will begin with a presentation on local brown bear and deer populations by area management biologist Steve Bethune. You can find a link to the meeting on our website, kcaw.org. The Advisory Committee will review herring proposals at its meeting on November 4th. Yakutats Village Corporation has gotten big into the logging business And some residents are protesting as timber crews prepare to cut in sensitive areas. As Coast Alaska's Jacob Resnick reports, it's rekindling debate between shareholders concerned about the southeast Alaska community's uh, cultural and ecological resources and executives who say they're beholden to the corporation's bottom line.
3: Yakutat's mayor is Cindy Bremner. She also used to run the local Village Corporation and serve on its board of directors. Since 2015, she's only been involved as a shareholder. And a couple years back, she says she learned of the Village Corporation's ambitious logging plans after stumbling upon some online filings on a state website.
2: And then the very next day, they had their barge of equipment coming in. I was pretty sad to see that.
3: <laughs> Yakutat Quan Inc last filings with state financial regulators date from 2017. Back then, it said it had no plans to log any of its 20,000 acres or 30 square miles granted in the 1970s under the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act. But the following year, the corporation created a new subsidiary, Yak Timber, which got to work quickly. A note to shareholders this summer says that in two years, it made $1.8 million in logging and selling cabins and tiny homes. But that economic boost has been contentious, the mayor says.
2: They plan on logging some of our very important cultural sacred sites, and I feel like they're doing it with no regard to those sites or how their shareholders feel.
3: Yak Timber needed financing to get heavy equipment for its crews. Since 2019, it's borrowed at least $7 million, according to documents and statements to shareholders who are told the debt's necessary to carry the corporation until more timber is sold. The Village Corporation's fish plant and timber rights on some of its land has been used as collateral. Bremner says she's concerned that Yakutat's forest land is being sold too quickly to finance the venture.
2: They've leveraged the resources on our land to be able to do this. And, I mean, yes, there's a board of directors that um, directs the CEO of the company. Most of those board of directors don't even live here anymore and don't have to see the devastation of clear-cut logging every day like we do.
3: Talk to another Bremner and you'll get a different
2: view. Yes, we are related. Uh, everybody in the is related.
3: Don Bremner is president of both the Village Corporation and its timber subsidiary. He says the long-term outlook is good.
2: you, you got to hear the rest of the story. Uh, we're a valid business making real serious business decisions, not based on perception, opinion, and without research. He
3: dismisses concerns about logging too quickly.
2: It's, it's not a large volume, but you know the people that have concerns are, are folks that will always have those concerns.
3: His other message is, don't hate the player, hate the game. Congress created for-profit corporations to enrich native shareholders. We're, we're profit-making business,
2: and ANSCA directed that we'd be making money off of our assets become self-determined uh if they want to go try to change that have i've added
3: so far yak timber has brushed off the local government's opposition to this year's logging around ophir creek which includes pink salmon habitat but the real fight brewing is over a 426 acre tract around humpback creek as the name suggests, it's also known for its pink salmon, and its indigenous name comes from both the Iyak and Klinkit languages, which speaks to Yakutat's history as a crossroad of Native cultures.
2: This creek, which is called Humpy Creek in English, is uh, in our language, it's uh, Klask, which is an Iyak name, and Kwan, which is a Tlingit name.
3: Judith Tehotsu Ramos is originally from Yakutat and now teaches immersive languages at University of Alaska Southeast in Juneau.
2: The Humpy Creek itself, you know, has a lot of significance in our oral history, so um, people are, you know, were kind of uh, taken aback when they saw the plants. Nobody knew that they were going to be harvesting in that
3: area. The debate over logging for cash versus conserving cultural resources is a common friction that arises from angstist legacy over the past half century. State agencies work hand in hand to help for-profit native corporations realize the commercial value of natural resources. There's a great reckoning coming to Yakutat. Successive shareholder meetings have been canceled this year. The corporation says it's due to COVID-19, but others suspect it's due to rising anger over clear cuts near town. But a date has been announced. On November 20th, Yakutat Kwan will hold its annual shareholder meeting and elect its board of directors. It could be a referendum on Yakutat's satisfaction with the last few years of commercial logging. But the meeting will only be open to shareholders, many of whom make their homes elsewhere. For Coast Alaska, I'm Jacob Resnick in Juneau.
0: Four new coronavirus cases were reported in Sitka on Monday, according to data from the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services. The new cases bump Sitka's weekly case rate up to 21 in the past week, effectively double what it was a week ago. Since the start of the pandemic, Sitka has reported just under 2,000 coronavirus cases, 24 hospitalizations, and five deaths. And that's all for Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. Hope you're having a great morning. Thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Quick look at the weather forecast for today widespread rain showers in the forecast, highs in the upper 40s, southwest winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. Tonight, widespread rain as well, lows in the upper 30s, west winds 10 to 20 miles per hour, and mostly cloudy for Thursday, numerous rain showers in the morning and then scattered rain showers in the afternoon.